Remember the old days when losing was unacceptable? Yeah. Fun times, them days. You know, you lost, you stunk up the joint. Coach would come out in the press conference and say, hey, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to figure out what was wrong, and we're going to fix it, and I mean now. We're not going to chop wood and find the positive chopping wood. What the hell is chopping wood anyway? That's what I coach one. What's the chop wood? You know what? I'm ready to start datitude because I got some termites flying around here. I'm going to eat the wood. You ready to eat wood with me? Well, hang on for the ride. It's coming next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of danitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? Hello to all my friends out there who are buckled up and ready for the roller coaster ride that only goes down. It only is in free fall. The next 35 to 45 minutes. That's what we got here. Yep, it is Monday. It is December the 4th, 2023. This is Datitude, episode number 195. And I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer. At the time, Spicky and the Advocate and bet.nola.com. You know where this is going. 33 to 28. That's all you need to know. You know it because you watched it, you lived it. We're going to answer the question on the dime today. Are we supposed to feel better about the loss because you fell behind by 21 in the first half of the first quarter and then you came back? Are we supposed to feel better about that? You're five and seven. Doesn't matter whether you lost 82 to nothing or 33 to 28. You still lost. You're five and seven. Are we supposed to be happy because you actually tried when you could have given up? And if you say, we're going to keep chopping wood, there are many positives I found from this game. If you say that crap enough times, will anyone, and I mean anyone, believe you? That's what the dime's coming up. We're going to play a little game this morning. It's called Dissecting the Post-Game Press Conference. That is coming up. Uh, Also, later, we're definitely, and I mean, I got something to say. It's not All Saints today. Uh, It is not November 1st. It's not All Saints Day. Uh, We are most certainly going to talk about the screw job the College Football Selection Committee put on the Florida State Seminoles Sunday morning. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but if you use the term in your life, at least when it comes to football and deciding who goes where, if you use the term I test, you're a moron. Absolute moron. I'm going to get to that uh, after I talk about the Saints. Apparently, the uh, Romanian judge uh, gave the Seminoles an eight on their landing off the balance beam. Uh, that's, that's what happened there. Apparently, uh, Alabama got a nine, and so they just edged them out. I think they got a 9.6 overall score. Damn Romanian judge. 
Seminoles got screwed. That's coming up. The weekend reminded me why college football doesn't hold a candle to the NFL. And I'll get to why. That's, that's later. But first, your New Orleans Saints. I mean, you wonder, I guess some people would wonder how you keep set, how you put losses and they lose in all kinds of different ways now. You got to give them credit for that. They didn't lose the same way that they've been losing. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I don't, I usually, when I get text, first of all, I don't usually answer my text on Sunday, but I, I did. I did at least for the first, I don't know, quarter and a half on Sunday. Um, you know, because even I was like, okay, how are you going to spin this crap? Because it looked like it was going to be 56 to nothing. I mean, it's 21 to nothing midway through the first quarter. I mean, you start thinking of, right, what am I going to say? This is ridiculous. I mean, I was act actually saying, at least if you want to find any positive from a 49 to nothing or a 56 to nothing loss, because I really thought that's where they were going, is all the people that hate Dennis Allen, you, maybe you'll get your wish. Because if you lose 56 to nothing, I mean, that's the train. It looks like the team quit. They were sitting on the, the bench with their heads down. Now, to their credit, as Dennis Allen likes to remind you in the press conference, the team didn't quit. In the end, it doesn't make me feel any better. Maybe it makes you feel any better. But before we get to Dennis Allen and his inane, ridiculous, repetitive, confounding, infuriating seven minutes of proof on why his time as a head coach in this league is coming to an end, whether it be next month or at the end of the 2024 season, it's coming to an end. I think the odds have shifted a little bit. I'd say they were probably 90% chance he wouldn't get fired after the season. Now I think it's down to 70% chance he won't get fired. Something changed yesterday. Jeff Duncan talked about it on the Saints Insider show. Something changed. And I think it was because the fans spoke in droves yesterday. I know I have said in the past that it doesn't matter what the Saints fans do or say. But maybe I was wrong about that because it felt different. It just felt different. We're going to get to that, all of that. What Dennis Allen said, but going to why it felt different, I want to play a clip from your new starting quarterback, Jameis Winston. By the way, um, you know, what it's, what's old is new again. I say you're starting quarterback because if this incredibly dumb and stubborn team actually tries to wheel Derek Carr out there again next week after entering concussion protocol for the third time this season without missing any time, there should be a criminal investigation. I mean that wholeheartedly. If they put him back out there next week, I haven't, I mean, have you ever heard of a quarterback, even Tua, going to concussion protocol three times in the same year and not miss a start? If they do that this time, there should be, I, I semi-joke about a criminal investigation, but there absolutely should be a league investigation. The league should step in and say, 
He's sitting out a week. I don't think he'll play next week. But I said that before the Tampa game. They threw him out there, and the Saints lost. I don't know. I think it was 27-6. to six. I tried to block that crap out of my head, whatever it was. And those of you who wanted to change a quarterback, and there are lots of you, all the people that booed yesterday every time Derek Carr, I don't know what you were booing for. You could boo Derek Carr. What do you want? You want Jameis Winston? Okay, you got him. You're going to get a little different Jameis Winston, I think. Normally, you know, he's come to the podium a couple times this season when Carr was knocked out early and he had to finish the game. The difference is, previously, he's gone up with there with this wide, I'm super nice Jameis Winston kind of grin, spewing the company line about how they just need to correct their mistakes and everything will get better soon. Oh, no, no, not this time, uh-uh. This time, he was pissed off when he walked up there. There were no smiles, no, not even a smirk with his tie on, walked up there, and he put his hands on the podium like thump, and sighed before he started talking. You could feel it coming. It had nothing to do with his knolls being left out of the playoffs. Oh, no, 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 no. He was pissed off because the fans from the lower bowl either sold or gave their tickets to Lions fans. There was a sea of blue down there. I mean, it was, <laughs> you asked them, every player said it was noticeable. They all noticed, which means that management noticed, which means that Gail Benson had to have noticed. It took him this long to notice. Either that or he was just pissed because the fans in the terrace drinking the dome foam we're booing all damn day. I mean, they finally started getting kind of happy, happy a little bit when it looked like the Saints might come back. At least there was a chance. I don't know. Maybe it was a combination of both the blue in the bottom bowl or the Saints fans booing up top. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was different. And people noticed, including the people wearing black and gold. Um, but to the fans... Like, we function off your support. And I know that we got to come in and give y'all something to cheer for, but just know that you, imp you impact us because we're trying to, to lift you up. We're trying to uh, put on a show for you. So your support, uh, your cheering, um, the inspiration that you give us is, this is why we do this. We do this for you. Um, we wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for you all. So I just encourage all of y'all to to get behind us, like that's what this city is about. This city is about resilience. This city is about, you know, building and staying together. And, uh, and despite our record, despite what the situation that's going on, we got to stand together because only only people that can fix this is us, and that's y'all included. That's the fans. That's the team, uh, and and that's it. But see, what you don't understand, Jameis, is we've been through this crap before. We've seen this movie. We, I think fans in general could be more accepting if this was a team that was rebuilding and a team that you could see that in the future there was something to look forward to. But no. You know what this reminds me of? And I know most of you, or not, maybe not most of you, I don't know how, what the, the average age group that listens to the show is. But anyone that's over the age of 
let's say 50, okay? I don't know, maybe a little less than that, but somewhere around 50. You remember the 1970s. You remember the early 1980s. People that are younger, who are younger, have been spoiled. They don't remember this team when they just never won. I mean, it may be hard to believe. This team, first season, their first season was 1967. They didn't have a winning season. Not a single winning season until 1987. They didn't go to the playoffs, not once, until 1987. January 3rd, 1988, first playoff game. First season was 1967. First playoff game came in January of 1988. That's what I lived from my childhood. Are we going to go back to those days? TDB says, uh, as a fan, there is so much disappointment that's occurring each week. This season has become comical. Nevertheless, this season is done. The glory years for the Saints are over until the winner of the ring finger lottery either sells the team to an owner who's vested into winning or she makes drastic changes in management, i.e. fire Loomis. And then he says uh, a nice thing. It said, as it says, my show is the only bright spot in the season. I don't know about that. I appreciate the kind words. I don't think that you need to completely blow up this team. But that being said, there certainly need to be massive changes. I've said this before. The problem is beyond Dennis Allen. You've sunk yourself into a hole where personnel and salary cap issues don't give you any hope anytime soon. This isn't other teams that are young. I mean, look at the Green Bay Packers last night. Use them as a perfect example. They have a quarterback in Jordan Love. Fans are probably calling for his head after like six, eight games. He sat there and no different than when Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre and wasn't very good in the first six, eight, 12 games. Jordan Love sat around, got his chance, kind of stunk it up a little bit, and now he's playing pretty darn good. And the Packers defeated the Chiefs last night in front of a primetime audience. That's a young team. They're the youngest team in the NFL, according to NBC last night. That's a team that is 6-6 six and six right now, and they have a 50-50 shot at going to the playoffs, but who cares? They don't go to the playoffs. There's lots of hope for that team. They have a young coach that has proven that he can win. Even with all the distractions of Aaron Rodgers and what he brought to that team and now is bringing to the New York Jets, Matt LaFleur has shown that he can lead a team to win. And my point of all this is, they're a young team. The Saints are not. The Saints are not a young team. They are a salary cap strapped team that's going nowhere fast. Easiest schedule in the NFL. And they're on pace to go 7-10 and 10 for the second straight season. Are they going to turn it around? Well, they have an excellent chance to win their next two games. They'll certainly be favorite. I looked last night. They're five and a half point favorites over the Carolina Panthers this week. Did you watch the Carolina Panthers play the, the Bucks yesterday? If you didn't, it's a team that gave everything they had and had a chance to win that game late. 
It's a team that's going to come in here, and they're not like your average one-win team. They don't get jack for finishing with one win. Their first-round pick's going to the Chicago Bears. So if you don't think they want to win, you cray-cray. They're going to come in here and bust their ass next Sunday. That's who they are. They busted their ass yesterday. Bryce Young looked much better. That's a team that's going to come in here and try. And if this team plays like they played in the first half of the first quarter on Sunday, they're going to lose. I don't want to hear chopping wood. If you were Rip Van Winkle and you awoke to Dennis Allen's press conference and you didn't listen to anything else or watch anything else all season long, I know there's no one that happened. But if you were Rip Van Winkle, you might have thought this team had just finished September, was 2-2, two and two, and they have all sorts of time ahead of them to, wreck, to correct their mistakes. Oh, no, Rip. Maybe it's RIP on this season. It's really December. Again, this team is 5-7. and seven. They aren't smart enough to know that you're supposed to chop wood before the winter starts. You chop the wood in the fall. It's almost unfathomable that this coach keeps going out there and spewing the same. I mean, I don't know what else, how else to say it. I know I keep saying the same things like he's saying the same things, but it's mind-boggling that he doesn't get it. How can you come out and look, this time he was agitated and pissed off, kind of probably for the same reasons that Jameis Winston was ticked off. But he didn't like questions. Oh, he's finally starting to get some questions he doesn't like. And then he, like, backs off of it. Let's, let's do the little dissecting a press conference game. I'm going to play little clips, multiple clips from Dennis Allen. We're going to go through them. Because I think it shows where his head is at. And maybe he's starting to understand what the fans are thinking. And he's, like, fighting back. He's going to be stubborn about it. We don't change anything because other people, we only do what's in this, in this room. Negativity is going to bring us down. We'll change it. Guess what? Fans won't be negative if you start winning damn football games. I was encouraged by some things. Um, we got punched in the mouth early on in this game, and, and I thought our guys fought back and battled back. Uh, obviously, we, we understand there's no participation trophies in our league, so you know we're going to take the loss. We're going to own it. Uh, but there was a lot of things that I was encouraged by uh, in the game. So, um, you know, but obviously we've got we've to still play better. So go ahead. Last year um, you said you thought you needed to sit Jameis because entries were piling up. Is there a consideration for doing that with Derek now that he's left recon? I think both of those are totally different situations. Well, they both had. They're both totally different situations. In what regard? Also. They're totally different situations, all right? We're not getting into what we did last year, what we're doing this year, all right? Um, look, Derek's in the concussion protocol right now, so uh, we'll evaluate that as we go. In case you didn't quite hear or understand what Kat Terrell was asking, what she asked was last year when Jameis was quote-unquote hurt, you, need, you figured you needed to sit him down. 
You weren't bringing him back, and you never brought him back, and you never really explained yourself. You just said Andy Dalton was starting. We said a thousand times that was going to lead to seven and ten. Guess what it led to? Seven and ten. So what's different about this year? Why do you keep rushing Derek Carr back? So that's the question. And he got a little feisty. He didn't like being first time all year that they've actually leaned on him a little bit. And he got a little perturbed. You know the funniest part of it is? I'm sorry, but look. You can't be a nice guy and be a coach in the NFL. I just don't think so. Not a good one. I'm not saying you got to be an asshole about everything. But when you come back with this response, when you realize that, quote, unquote, you were a jerk, remember, I got aggravated because Sean Payton would be just, I mean, he would be over the top sometimes, especially with Cat. But he would never come. He would say, he said things like, and I've said this on this show before, Go write a blog about it. He would never apologize. Now, he might apologize to her later. Not in front of a camera. But that, I, I don't know that a nice guy can be a successful head coach. I'm sure someone's going to give me examples of so-and-so and so-and-so. Just own it, man. Just be pissed off. It's okay to be pissed off. Just own it, man. It's all right. He's going in for evaluation on a couple of different things, but he's in the concussion protocol. And look, I didn't mean to shut down your question, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously with injuries, you, you, you certainly got to uh, pay attention to that. Um, but I'm not getting into the, the business of we're going to compare things from one year to the next. So I'm not going to compare things. Okay, well, you know what I'm going to compare? You know why you don't want to compare this year to last year? Because it's the same damn year. It hasn't changed anything. Seven and ten last year, five and seven. You know, I was def I've been defending Dennis Allen. Most of you know that. And I've always been under the belief that if you hire a coach, whether I think he's the right person or Joe Blow or, you know, Sally Hudat or whoever it is, doesn't believe that was the right coach to hire, and things go bad, that you stick to your, you know, your beliefs. Why did you hire this guy in the first place? So I'm not one that's going to say a guy should be fired after one year, again, and again, unless it's a complete and utter disaster. Frank Wright got fired because he started 1-10. That was a disaster. You had to do that. It wasn't a disaster. It wasn't good. It wasn't pretty. It was ugly. You hope a coach learns from what he... I mean, Dennis Allen's still a relatively young coach. But here we are in year two, and it's the same exact thing, and I can't take up for him anymore. I just can't. And now he's pissed off at the fans too? I don't think you get it, Dennis Allen. I really don't. How difficult do you think it was for this team to probably recognize some of the atmosphere? A lot of Lions fans were, were in the stands. There were a lot of booing early on. No, I, look, I, I mean, how, how can you not? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it was, it was you know, it was noticeable. Um, and that's our job to change it. So, um, you know, I, I was proud of the way that our guys, you know, fought back, got back into the game, gave ourselves a real opportunity. Um, and, and at the end, we just couldn't get it done. And to what you attribute the, the early hole? I mean, was that just poor execution, or was it? Well, look, I, I mean, I, you have to give those guys some credit, right? I mean, they're a good, they're a good team. They're second in the league in, in, in offense. 
Um, and they took the ball right down the field on the first drive. We missed a tackle on the one run play, which created an explosive play, and, and they scored a touchdown, you know, and then uh, backs against the wall, we turned the ball over, you know, and, and they were able to get another touchdown. And so now all of a sudden you're, you're, you're starting the game down 14 to nothing. So, um, you know, we didn't start well. Um, we battled back. We scratched and clawed and got ourselves back into this. And we're going to keep swinging and keep, uh, you know, chopping wood. And I, and I told the team, look, we're eventually going to break through. You're eventually going to break through? Um, excuse me, Dennis. Do you realize that you just played game 12 of 17? Are you serious? I mean, I, I really believe they go 7-10 and 10 again. Finish one game behind the 8-9 and nine Falcons. He'll climb out to that final press conference of the year. He'll talk about the positives he found. We're fighting, man. We've been fighting. We've been fighting, man. We're going to keep on chopping wood. Somebody's going to have to tell them the season's over. You don't, you don't go to practice Tuesday. It's over. This is game 12. You got five games left. Wake up, man. Yesterday was kind of a microcosm of of just the crap we've seen all year, right? There were times, the first eight minutes of the game, where the team didn't show up. And then there were times when the Saints looked like one of the best teams in the league, come back, and then they shut the Lions down at the same time. And then you think they're going to win, maybe they give you a little bit of hope. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, if you just look at the stats on from the... Ex if you would have showed me these stats before the game... I would have bet a mortgage payment on the Saints. I'm not kidding. Especially if you would have just showed me Detroit stats. Jared Goff, who is who Jared Goff is, he's an average quarterback at best. If he were the Saints quarterback, people would be booing him. He's not good. 16 at 25 for 213 yards and two touchdowns. Ho-hum, whatever. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery. I keep hearing about how wonderful and fantastic this Lions running game has been, and you know what? They have been pretty damn good. But this is the entire game, by the way. Not just that little bit in the beginning. They combined for 26 carries for 116 yards and a touchdown. That's good. But that's including that stretch in the beginning of the game. That's not fantastic. Jameer Gibbs had a 36-yard run. Take that off. You're well under 100 yards. What killed him was the tight end, Sam Laporta. They couldn't stop anything in the middle of the field, which goes to show you, and I've been saying this the past few weeks, that the Saints are in trouble at linebacker. This defense... Their numbers go down every single week. That is also a reflection upon your head coach because your head coach focuses on the defense. As awful, and it's 27 minutes into the pod now. I haven't mentioned the little clipboard holder's name once yet. I mean, we know how bad he is. I mean, who else on a third and three, you're starting to make some progress in a third and three, you decide to run an option play with Derek Carr, who pitches it to Alvin Kamara as he's going out of bounds. Sheer brilliance. Love that call, man. Let's use it again next week. Keep getting your quarterback killed. See what that gets you. Brilliance. But no. 
You want to just keep on chopping wood. Things are going to get better. Again, somebody please wake this dude up and tell him there are only five games left in the damn season. Yeah, I don't think there's anything eroding the confidence of this team right now. I mean, you know, we're going to keep chopping wood, all right? And that's the only thing you can do in this league. Uh, we're going to leave the naysaying to everybody else outside the building. We're just going to focus on what we have to do to try to improve in those areas so that hopefully we can eventually break through and, and win some of these one-score games that you're talking about uh, because we're obviously close, um, and, and we just got to keep chopping wood. Chopping wood. We're close. Reminds me of the first I mean, there really only have been two good Saints coaches, let's face it. I mean, if you want to count Hank Stram, sure. He was only here for a couple of years, the late, great Hank Stram. And he never got a chance. That, it's funny because John Meekham was completely different than Tom Benson and now Gail Benson. John Meekham didn't give anybody a chance. Tom Benson gives him too much of a chance. Or it's Gail Benson now. But we're close. Remember what Jim Mora said when someone asked him if they were close, I, I I know I play this probably too much, but it just it it bodes. It's worth repeating, right? We got a long way to go. We got a lot of work to do. We're close, and close don't mean. And you can put that on TV for me. I'm tired of coming close, and we're going to work our off till we ain't close anymore. And it may take some time. We're going to get it done. We aren't in there. We aren't. We aren't good enough. They're better than us. Black and white, simple fact. Could have, would have, should have is the difference of what I'm talking about. The good teams don't come in and say could have. They get it done. All right? It's that simple. I'm tired of saying could have, should have, would have. That's why we ain't good enough yet. Because we're saying could have and they ain't. We're saying could have. We're saying would have. We're saying chopping wood. Detroit Lions ain't chopping wood. They already chopped their wood. Chopped their wood back in September. They've had a little rough patch. They fought through it. They won the football game. Did they deserve to win? Probably not. Doesn't matter who deserved to win. Doesn't matter they almost gave away the game. Detroit Lions will probably go into playoffs and stink it up. Who gives a damn? Worry about that later. You know what, though? They'll have a chance because they won't be chopping wood. You don't say would have, could have, should have. And chopping wood, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, is no different than saying would have, could have, should have. And that's why the fans are pissed, and you don't get it. I have yet, I said this last week, and I'll say it again. I have yet to hear the word unacceptable. Where, who in this team is going to say Besides Alvin Kamara, by the way, did you notice they didn't let Alvin Kamara talk yesterday? Nobody quoted Alvin Kamara yesterday. Because last week he said what needed to be said, and the team shut him down, baby. You ain't saying that again. I have yet to hear anyone besides Alvin Kamara say unacceptable. James Hurst said it's miserable. But he didn't say it was unacceptable. Of course it's miserable. Of course seeing a sea of blue when you wear black and gold in your home stadium that's been known for decades as one of the toughest places to play 
on the planet. It ain't tough no more. Why ain't it tough anymore? Because you don't give a damn. Don't tell me you do, because if you did, you'd be more than, you'd be doing a whole lot more than chopping wood. Because you ain't chopping no wood. You ain't done anything. That's where this team is right now. Five and seven. Falcons barely beat the Jets. They stink. Tampa Bay Bucks barely beat the one-win Carolina Panthers. They stink. This division's terrible. Meanwhile, you got the AFC South, and you look at them, and it's frustrating because they really aren't that good either. But look at the Houston Texans, man. Look what you can do with a young quarterback and a young coach who is doing more than chopping wood because Demario Davis came into this league and said, we're going to win now. I didn't believe him. But he didn't worry about what people thought. Obviously, this coach here worries about what people think. Probably would worry about what I thought if he heard me. Certainly worried about what the fans in the terrace drinking the dome foam were thinking. Didn't win, man. You got the next two games you're supposed to win. Are fans going to feel any better about 7-7? Seven and seven? Yeah, probably feel a little bit better. But you got to win them, man. Because before when I said there was basically no way that they were going to fire your ass, I don't think I feel that way anymore. It's like Jeff Duncan said. There was a difference in that dome yesterday, and I guarantee you people noticed. People who matter noticed. When you start talking about people's financial bottom lines, things change. We'll see what uh, they say next week, or what we say next week. We'll have plenty more to talk about it. I'm not going to be as vocal. I probably won't be uh, as, I don't know, blunt on Bayou Bets this afternoon, but I'll definitely be talking about it. Um, I'll also be talking about that as Derry's dying, by the way. Uh, before we go off the air today, I've got to talk about this um, this college football playoff. That's kind of going back and forth. And I know, look, I am convinced that the committee went with what they went with because the overwhelming, I don't know about over, overwhelming might not be the right word. The majority of the people on social media, and I think that's where we are these days, everything comes down to bottom line and money. That's all this committee cared. They don't care if the four quote-unquote best. How do you know who the four best teams are? How in the hell could you? You know who the best team is? One of the best teams is a team that goes 13-0, wins a major conference title, doesn't lose all year. Oh, they lost their quarterback. They don't pass the eye test. Did Alabama pass the eye test against Auburn? Eye test. That might be the dumbest phrase ever associated with sports. What does an eye test have to do with a championship? Not a damn thing. Who gives a shit about an eye test? They went 13-0, man. Oh, Alabama beat Georgia. So what? 
They needed a miracle to beat a really bad Auburn team that lost to New Mexico State the week before. Eye test. We only have an eye test. You know what? The eyes don't have a brain because you don't remember what happened the week before that. Did you watch the Florida State game? Oh, my own colleagues tell them they'd get the floor waxed by Texas or Washington or Michigan. How the hell do you know that? Have you watched their defense? Pretty damn good. You know this vaunted LSU offense, this great LSU offense with the kid that's probably going to win the Heisman Trophy now? Yeah, they held them to 24 points. Shut them down. Shut them down. Did they pass the eye test then? Oh, they had their quarterback then. What about their defense and the other 21 players on this football team? They don't deserve to go to the playoffs? But an Alabama team that got ass-whipped by 10 points at home by Texas, they deserve to go? Why? Because they won the SEC championship? You can't leave an SEC team out. Look, I'm pro-SEC as anyone. And I mean, if you would have ever told me before this year that you could ever leave an SEC champion out of the college football playoff, I would have told you you were nuts. Not this year. There are weird years sometimes, and this is one of them. But to leave out a 13-0 Florida State team that earned the right to go to the damn playoffs, they earned it. They absolutely earned the right to be there. They went undefeated. What else could they have possibly done? Oh, you want them to win 46 to nothing over Louisville? Well, guess what? That's not the team they are anymore. But it's a team that still deserves to be there because all 11 players on that defense played their asses off and won 16 to 6. Who cares if it's not pretty football? Why do we have to have offensive shootouts in a playoff? That's what you must want. It's not good for ratings. You know what? It wouldn't be good for ratings. You're right. Would you lose a little money by putting Florida State in there? Absolutely you would. But it's the right thing to do. I have never been a fan of any sport that needs a judge to decide who their champion is. Oh, but they play that on the field. Oh, they don't get on the field without a judge. I have never been a fan of any sport that needed a judge. Think about it. I know there are a lot of boxing fans out there, not me. I've never been a fan of boxing. I never understood the concept of boxing. I never understood how you figured out who won boxing. I mean, sure, 70% of the time, it's clear and obvious who won the fight. Maybe more than 70% of the time. I'm, what about nine? Let's talk about just non-knockouts. Fights that go the distance. Who determines it? Some judge or three judges sitting there watching the fight. Same fight you and I watched. Somebody else might have a completely different opinion. Not might, will. Anything that is decided in sports by a judge is stupid. Gymnastics. Man, I tell you, they're incredible athletes. Might be fun to watch every now and then. But it's nothing I could ever get into because it needs a judge. What else needs a judge? Figure skating. Impressive? 
I mean, some people might love watching it. Needs a judge. Don't want to watch it. Diving, bodybuilding. Don't care. I mean, fun to watch, impressive, sure. All those things. Athletes, absolutely they're athletes. They need a judge, I don't care. I mean, go down the list. Miss America needs a judge. Beautiful ladies. Can do a lot of talented things. I don't care. Dancing with the stars and the voice needed judge. Don't care. Ski jumping. Don't care. Thanks to my friends Dom and Uncle Big Nick for helping me out with, with some of the list. If you need a judge, I don't care. And it's, it's why, to me, college football is never... Is it going to be better next year with 12 teams in the playoffs? Sure, it'll be better. I mean, I don't care nearly as much about a debate between 12 and 13 as the debate between 4 and 5. Will it be better? Sure. Will the best four teams for sure get in the playoffs? Absolutely. Will the best six teams get in the playoffs? Most likely. You still need a judge to figure it out. I don't understand this. Why do we need a judge in football, ever. It's bad enough we got referees who can't figure things out on the field. By the way, did you see the last minute as I digress and use my ADHD? Did you see the last minute of that game, how it was officiated in the Packers-Chiefs game last night? Oh, my word. The only judge I want to see in football is the ones wearing white and black stripes on the field because you have to have those guys. But any judge that's going to determine... Who goes to a playoff or who wins a game or whatever? If you got a judge determining anything, I don't want to watch it. You don't need a judge in golf. You don't need a judge in basketball. You don't need a judge in baseball. You win your division, you go to the playoffs. You're in the wild card, you go to the playoffs. Same way in basketball. I might not like how many teams are in basketball, but at least, I'm, at least I can figure out myself who's going to go. I don't need someone to explain it to me. I don't need to have someone from a committee to, to tell me why they picked so-and-so over so-and-so. Shouldn't be picking anybody. This should be definitive rules. If you do this, you go to the playoffs. If you don't, you don't. And to me... If you are on a committee and you're choosing, it's pretty simple. If you go undefeated in a major conference and are a major conference champion undefeated, I don't give a damn who plays for you. You go to the playoffs, period. Why do they play the damn games? Eye test. You're a moron. If you choose the word, if you like the word eye test, if you believe in an eye test when it comes to football and who goes to the playoffs, you're a moron. No other way to put it. I mean, if, if the Saints somehow come out of this slumber they're in and win the division, are they going to pass an eye test? No. Do they deserve to be in the playoffs? Absolutely they do. If you win your division, I don't care how bad it is, you deserve to go to the playoffs. If you don't like the rules, change them. Make it less playoffs. I'll put them all in one conference. Forget about divisions. I don't have a problem with that. But in this, the way that it's set up in the NFL today, if you win your division, you go to the playoffs, and you should. 
the Saints win their division, or if the Falcons win this division, they should go to the playoffs, and they will. I don't need anyone to explain to me how they got there. I know how they got there. They won the division. Is anyone going to say apologize or say they're sorry? No. Did the Seattle Seahawks, when they went 7-9, say they were sorry for making the playoffs, and then they beat the Saints? No, they didn't apologize, nor should they. They got there fair and square. Any sport that needs a judge is dumb. Sorry. You need a judge. No, I don't want to talk to you. All right, that's just going to about do it for the day. I think I've said all I could say. Um, you know, I just the, the theme of today isn't just the chopping wood thing that bothered me. I, I really hate that phrase, by the way. Yeah, I know. I'm getting, I'm getting on people say I tested. Now I'm getting on chopping wood. I mean, that's just so stupid. I don't mind chopping wood so much. I wouldn't mind it if it were late September or even early October. But, man, it's, it's December the 4th. You don't chop wood on December the 4th. And you're worried about the fans now, and you're wondering, where is the love? Where is the love? The love ain't here. There is no love. You keep saying the same. If you were fighting your tails off every damn game, and your heart was in it from the get-go, and it looked like you were prepared and ready to go. What did you do all week? Yeah, you finally figured it out and started playing football. Doesn't matter. I don't feel any. There's no moral victories. Where is the love? That's what you want to know. You want to chop wood, and you want to know where the love is. The love will come if you win. Are you going to show up this Sunday against the Panthers? You got two more home games in a row before you got to go play the resurgent Rams. We'll worry about that when the time comes. Where's the love? Are you going to be there, Hoodats, this Sunday? Probably not. But you know what's the difference? There ain't going to be a lot of people following this Carolina team. You might have an empty dome on Sunday. Very possible. Where is the love? We're going to give you the love later in the week. I'm not sure right now if there's going to be a Thursday show or not. Um... Uncle Big Nick is going through some some things with family. Um, got a very dear family member that is very ill, and uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but we will certainly, if we're not back Thursday, we'll be back Friday. Also, Bayou Bets this afternoon and on Thursday afternoon. Lot of, lots to talk about this week, including the college football playoffs. We'll have plenty more here on Datitude as we go along. I thank you for listening to me rant and rave for the past 46 minutes. I hope you have a great week. Always love here at Datitude for our fans. Thank you so much. We will talk to you on Thursday or Friday. Peace and love, my friends.